love you when you're backlit. Oh my, what is happening? <laughs> I'm warming up. Warming up. Is that what we're calling that? <laughs> Should we start? Sure. Okay, Let's well, do then, it. hi. Hi, hi everybody. Hey, hello. <laughs> Welcome to None of This is Real. It's a podcast. You know, one of those things you listen to, but this one's about stuff that's mysterious and weird. <laughs> sure is. Oh, God. I'm Doomsday Domini. And I am Sarah Sinkhole. And you're a bot. We learned on the last oh, episode yeah. that Sarah is a bot. That's right. I am, I am a bot. I'm a bot, and I'm sinking into a hole. Um, I'm spiritually prepping for Doomsday, so there's that. Um, I'm going to preemptively apologize for the pathetic kitten mewing sounds in the background of my end of things because nobody wants this kitten and it's starting to be part of the family and I'm not going to be able to let it go but I had to put it in the laundry room so that it wouldn't chew on all the wires and my feet while I podcast and it's in there going like over and over (laughs) that was a really good cat noise well thank you I'm I'm really good at impressions. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up your cat because I wanted to tell you a thought that I had about the kitten. Okay, tell me. Because you said that it looks just like your other cats. Yes, my first cat that I ever got when I was three, whose name was Fasty. And then my first cat that I ever got uh, as an adult by myself on my own, whose name was Quickly. I think your same cat is coming to you over and over. I guess, did Fasty and Quickly live at the same time, though? No. Ah, see? Yeah, Fasty died when I was, like, 15, and Quickly died just a couple years ago. This is that cat again. The same cat. Levon's named this cat cat. Mittens Spidey McElroy. (laughs) 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 Because he hears us talk Uh. about the McElroy brothers all the time. Mitten Spidey McElroy. Mm-hmm. That's a good name. I, I like so it. Too. And I I'm like, like stop naming it. Stop. I'm loving it already. It's I, We have three cats. We're going to be crazy cat people. We already are. I don't know what I'm talking about. Besides the cat, did anything weird or mysterious happen to you? I know a lot has happened. A since lot has happened. Spoken. A lot. So many. A lot. Um, but none of it was weird. Most of it was just like, can I lay down now? I was like, <laughs> are we good? Can I lay down? Um, no, it was great. Uh, let's see. A very crazy coincidence happened to me uh, yet again. That's what I feel like I always talk about is fun coincidences. I don't believe in coincidence. I'm going to make a song. Okay. Go ahead. Um, we were driving up the mountain to West Virginia and I was drinking a Dr. Pepper flavored slushy. Because that's the thing I found at a gas station, and I needed it mm. in my life. We always eat junk food on the road. That's the best time to eat junk food is on a road trip. It's the four-hour drive, so we needed lots of junk food. So anyway, I'm drinking my Dr. Pepper slushy, and I looked at Lorenzo. And I said, you know what I really wish someone would make? A sparkly water that was like Dr. Pepper flavored without the sugar. Just the flavors, none of the sugar. Right? And I was like, Did wouldn't that be delicious? Well, we get up the mountain. We get it to Charleston, and we go to the Kroger, which we don't have Kroger in North Carolina anymore. They're all gone. I walk in that Kroger, and what is on the shelf in the sparkly water section but Dr. Pepper-flavored sparkly water? And it's Well, it's generic. It's like what? Kroger Dr. Pepper flavor, but close enough. And I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> this is the best day I ever. It. I was so excited. I drank a lot of it while we were camping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was pretty I know good. I love Dr. Pepper flavor. It was as good as I wanted it as good as I wanted it to be and more. My life is wow. now complete. Forget, you know, 8 years of teaching and being in a band and having a child. That that didn't do it for me. It was this Dr. Pepper <laughs> flavored bubbly water. It was water. the Dr. Pepper. I'm so glad that yeah. you found that. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that so weird yes. too? Like what? I've never seen it before. I asked I I asked myself what what would I like most in the world? And myself said Dr. Pepper sparkly water and there it was. I know what happened. It's it's the same with everything, with almost every coincidence. Mm. It was timelines overlapping. So you had already been to that Kroger and you you know, future you future knew it would me. be there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Me and, and then some timelines dimension. overlapped. And you felt it a few hours before. Okay. Because 
you had already tasted it in another dimension. Yeah, That makes total sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. I'm a scientist. Oh, God help us. <laughs> Goddess help us. Science help us. Yeah. Science As if me. I needed another reason to go back to West Virginia. There's people I love there. It's the, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And now they have Dr. Pepper flavored sparkly water. So... <laughs> What weird thing happened to you? Or what weird thing are you going to tell me about? Pick one. <laughs> I have to pick and choose uh-huh. these days. Well, I was at a festival in Floyd, Virginia. So we were both in a place that had Virginia in the name. That's true. And it was amazing. I mean, I couldn't even say how many weird things happened at the festival. I so, really like Floyd. Yeah. It's really pretty up there. I will just say it is gorgeous. And it was a beautiful festival. And there was a lot of cool people. And I made some new friends. But on the way back, so there was a closing ceremony at 10. And they did like a little burn, a la Burning Man, but it was really pretty. Oh, I picture, I was, I was for some reason thinking of a roast. Like you just got up and roasted each other when you said that. I don't know why. Oh my God. Hundreds of people got up and just roasted the shit out of each other. And there were people like dancing around the fire. It was really beautiful music playing. So I hung out for a couple hours after that. Suddenly it's, you know, late. And I drove back to Winston-Salem that night. So I'm driving really late at night on these country roads. And I think, oh, my God, I have episodes of Spooked downloaded. You know this podcast? Oh, yes. I love Spooked. It's the best creepy podcast. It's pretty great. So... I turned it on the. I listened to the first two episodes on my way home in the dark. Why? Why? Why did you do this thing? <laughs> it was so good. I was in the car, like getting chills and going like, oh, oh my god. It's well, I like, guess you were in a moving vehicle, so you were so you were safe. You felt safe in that car. No, because there's all those. Then I started thinking like, what if I see eyes in my rearview mirrors? Oh <laughs> like I started having those kind of thoughts. <sighs> It's great. Everybody listen to it's called Spooked. Um, it's called something presents Spooked. What is it? So, something presents Spooked. Anyways, I had that, and then one other little thing. As I was falling asleep last night, I had this really ridiculous thought that I had to ask you. Oh, okay. I'm, if, I can't wait. This is as I'm falling asleep. Okay. I'm thinking, you know how when you poo-poo something, it means. That you, like, dismiss it? Yes. Mm-hmm. What does it mean if you pee-pee something? <laughs> <laughs> like, what does mm, that mean? Okay. Poo-poo. A pee-pee. I pee-peed that <laughs> idea. Hmm. Like you watered it down? Maybe, maybe? it's like, yeah, or I was going to say, maybe it's just, like, less of a dismissal and more of just, like, a ambivalence. How do you feel about that? Ah, pee-pee it. It's fine. I, I don't care no one way or the other. Opinion. Yeah. One way I'm ambivalent. Yeah. Okay. I peed it. <laughs> I peed. I peed it. I just had to pee. It was no big deal. No biggie. And number two is more serious. Oh God, yes. Infinitely uh. more serious. That kitten keeps going number two in all my house plants. So I'm feeling real serious about Aww. number twos these days. <laughs> it's fertilizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh hey, we came here to talk about a thing. No, we did I not. I forgot. Uh, yeah, we had a whole. I have notes. Do you have notes? I think I, 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 think I have a little bit of notes. I did a little bit of research. So we're talking about spooky things because it's starting to get spooky. It's September now. All the Halloween decorate decorations are in the stores. It's getting darker earlier. You know, it's starting to be like a breeze. Yeah. yeah. So to celebrate, and it's still warm. Like it's still warm, but. Getting it's, cool at you night. still have the... I like it. I like it. Me too. Um, I love fall. So we're going to talk about ghosts. We have two two ways that... What would you say? That people can experience ghosts or... Yeah, sure. Two ways that ghosts uh, reportedly manifest or origins of ghosts. Some theories behind why one might see a ghost. So I guess um, I'm going to start okay. unless there's anything else. Do you have any other um, hindsight humors or... Corrections I or do anything? not have any. Well, I will say that I listened back to the last or the Teal Swan Bentino Massaro episode, and I was like, "Man, it is amazing how sure of myself I sound sometimes." <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I am so absolutely full of shit. 
I don't know. I'm You're like, passionate, I'm fine with though. it. I, yeah. Well, that's what happens. I get a little up my own ass and I'm like, and another thing, I read books. Okay. So I have things to say. <laughs> See, I didn't think that when I listened back, I didn't have that um, thought about you. Oh, that's nice. I, it's just funny I because guess we judge ourselves harsher, right? Yeah, well, I'm not even judging. I'm like, I'm fine with the full of shit because we talk about it all the time. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It's just funny how, like, sure I sound of myself because I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about most of the time. <laughs> Confidence. Just talking to hear myself talk. And also, as I was walking, I was on a hike in West Virginia. I was walking up a hillside and found myself going, hindsight humor, we missed a funny <laughs> thing. I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's in there. I've done that too. It's very catchy. Yeah, that's We're why so I remember good it. at writing earworms. I didn't remember the other ones. I they were like, I just remember you going, "We got a tweet. We're looking for a tweet or something." <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember. We had one more. Oh that's god. Gone. Yeah. So instead I'm not, of I'm not gonna... instead of hindsight humor corrections quarter, I'm just gonna call this one. I'm full of shit and. Um, you're welcome for all the tiny songs we make up. <laughs> I'm full of shit and so are you. So are you. So are you. I'm full of shit and so are you. We're all full of shit. <laughs> that was like a Squirrel Nut Zippers style song. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like them. Uh, we need some horns and uh, a lot of, <laughs> lot of hi-hat. <laughs> Oh my god, back on the rails! We're talking about ghosts. I have nothing to say, ever. So why are you listening? But keep listening, because we're going to talk about ghosts! Here we go! Here we go! stop it. Hey, are we going to talk about ghosts, or are we going to talk about goats? Definitely not talking about tunnel goats, or goats on a pirate ship, or any other kind (laughs) of goats. Oh, okay. Ghosts. Y'all, I'm going to focus up and I'm going to tell you about the stone tape theory right now. Are you ready? I am so ready. I love this idea and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Okay. I love this idea too. I was familiar with the concept of it, but when you said stone tape theory, I was like, what is that? Because I hadn't heard the term. Yeah. I think. Or I had heard, heard it like thrown around once or twice, but I think I it threw it around thing. in one of our old episodes, probably. Yeah, and I probably pretended I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, like, totally. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I, mean, I know yeah. everything. Got I'm it. I'm totally. <laughs> I don't want my best friend to think I'm, like, don't know things. Um, I've known you since sixth grade. I know fully well that you don't know things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say my sources, but the sources kind of give away some of the what I'm going to say because the article's well, you names can say are them at, specific. You can, you can say them at the end. No, I'll say it. Okay. It's funny. All right. So uh, I got my information from an article called Spooky Rocks and a YouTube video called The Stone Tape Idea, Is It an Explanation for Hauntings? And both of those two pieces of media were by Sharon Hill. And then I also looked at an article called Stone Tape Theory, The Terrifying Idea That Your House Remembers What Happened Inside It by <gasps> Marta Jerry. I'm terrified already. Are you? No. Me too. I'm not. I'm fine. <laughs> I've been ter- I've born terrified. Oh, okay. shit. Oh, and then another um, source that I used was Wikipedia. That was awful. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's got, it gets worse every time. So if you want to read these entire articles, you can. Here's what I wrote as an introductory Oh, goody. I'm so excited. Cheese ball. Are you ready? Give me the cheese. Can the very walls of your house be imprinted with information from long ago? Can a place resonate with the energy of a specific event? I don't know. The stone tape theory says yes. Oh, my God. I'm enthralled and intrigued. Good. That's what I was intending. Mm, You did great. I wrote it. You're so good. Thank you. Uh-huh. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm an artiste. So the definition from Wikipedia says, the stone tape theory is the speculation that ghosts and hauntings are analogous. Oh, boy. Ah. Analogous. You got it. You did it. <laughs> analogous to tape recordings 
And that mental impressions during emotional or traumatic events can be projected in the form of energy or recorded, in quotes, onto rocks and other items and then replayed, in quotes, under certain conditions. That is such a fun idea. It's one of those sort of, not sci-fi, but, you know, it would be a great plot device in a in a book or a movie, I think. Also, I try. I was listening. I definitely was listening to everything you just said, but I kept thinking analogous. <laughs> analogous? Yeah. Analogous? When you said that, I just pictured a person writing their name with the initial A and then Nalogus as the last name. Mm. That's my new pseudonym. That's my nom de plume. A. Nalogus. <laughs> You're welcome. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is also labeled a residual haunting to suggest that something was left behind in the past to account for the current effects perceived. The premise of the stone tape concept is that bedrock or building stone um, of the location. So like if you have stone rock, a stone fireplace, um, quartz on your property, something like that, that those stones and rocks can capture emotional images Uh, emotional energy from an event so usually a traumatic event right Um, but although I think it could go the other way like if a lot of joyous things happen there maybe it just feels good to be there so yeah or like if the same same thing happened every day like the same person walked down the same hallway every day Mm -hmm. for like 30 years 50 years Yeah. yeah so the most common material that is thought to absorb these energies, absorb these energies, ah! is... Actually, I tried to write absorb, and it corrected me, and I didn't fight the computer after Don't that. Don't fight but technology. I tried to write out absorb. We need it on our side. <laughs> so I said absorb it's quartz. in conversation the other day. Quartz, you say? You did? Yeah, I did. Quartz, yes. Okay. Well. So the quartz is the most, it like most easily absorbs absorbs the energy, right? Mm-hmm. But other rock or stone formations are said to do it too. Another common one that people refer to as limestone, that limestone soaks up the energy more easily. Okay. Some people say, there was one, one like sentence or two I came across on the internet that said, any element from nature may do it, like wood floors. Okay, you're just extending it earth. to every natural. Yeah. Or, maybe not. Screwed, maybe that's not as common. But maybe if you had like oak floors in a two hundred year old house, you know, maybe. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Anyways, it reminds me of in the house that we're about to move into. There's a stone fireplace, and I'm like, there oh, is. Oh shit! What kind of stones are they? Is it limestone? Am I? You got a ghost gonna... up in your chimney, girl. It's not a very old house. It was built in 1993, so... Hey, didn't we talk about a millennial ghost not that long ago? I think, There's going to be a vaping ghost. Oh, no! Vape ghost! I'll come over there, and we'll have really obnoxious conversations about, like, what flavor is your vape juice? We'll just... We'll ask the Ouija board. Okay. The sound and visual representations from an event are recorded into rock or wood in a similar process to tape recording data, like a... Tape rec- like an old school tape recorder, if if you all know what that is. Like a reel to reel. And then at a much later date, a person sensitive to the energy can receive the playback or the playback might be initiated by certain conditions. So maybe like on the date of a certain event or if the person has the same name and they're sensitive to these type of things, they come okay. in and kind of like trigger this playback. Or it's just constantly Maybe. playing back and you have to have some sort of special glasses to see it. <laughs> I meant to say sight, but glasses is what came out. I meant to say special sight. Oh, Lord. Put these glasses on here to, Put on to see the ghosts. 5D poltergeist glasses. So they can be initiated by certain conditions and the recording or playback sequence has been used as an explanation for non-interactive apparition sightings and haunted places. So there are some haunted places where they say the ghost interacts with you. That is not this. This is like people say they see a woman walking down the hallway or they right. see um, they always hear a footsteps. man in a hat. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a little kid it's like, bouncing a ball down the hallway. Woo! 
it's usually <laughs> why are kid ghosts so creepy? It's... I don't know. They seem to be mostly sounds or visual. So you're not going to see the ball move. You'll hear the sound of the ball. Or like there's a ghost story from Jerome. There's a in Jerome, Arizona. There's an old hotel, mm-hmm. and people say it's haunted. And people say that the ghosts move their shoes around. So it wouldn't be that. No, that's more of a sentient spirit that's yeah. actually some sort of life force that's there moving the shoes as opposed yeah. to just like a playback. So we're talking about these playbacks, but it's interesting to note the difference. Um, and then also to be clear, when I say stone tape theory, I want to point this out for science sake. We're using the word theory very loosely. A theory in science is not a guess or a supposition as much as it is a well-tested model of the way something in nature works. Therefore, the stone tape theory isn't a theory. It is like an idea or a speculation or a... I like the idea of stone tape speculation. And that's what that woman, what did I say her name was? Sharon Hill. She calls it the stone tape idea. The name of this idea comes from a supernatural drama called The Stone Tape, aired by the BBC in 1972. Ooh. So this name comes from a horror movie. Awesome. We need to see Which it. I now want to watch. Yes, we have to watch that. It's called The Stone Tape, but before that movie, long before that movie ever came out, the concept was around. So so let's go back. Let's go. We'll go back to eight. Do, 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 do. Get in the time machine. Okay. We're in the time machine. We're going back. We're speeding backwards. Oh, Things God, are happening no. in reverse. Oh, do, do, do. We're in. Throw up. 1838. 1838. Skirt. Skirt. Okay. <laughs> Here we are in 1838. Although I have to say, I think the idea probably goes way, way, way farther back than that. I'm sure ancient people um, thought about this before. Oh, so yes. That- I think that all the time. How many ideas that we think are modern that people had just never fucking wrote it down? They're just like, what a cool idea. Moving on with my day because I'm trying to stay alive and I don't have time to write that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know how to write or have anything to write with. Yeah. Or I have to carve it into a rock and that has to happen later. Uh, 1838, mathematician Charles Babbage proposed that words made a permanent impression on the world and that even the air carried all of the information that has ever been said aloud, which is a really cool idea. Like the Akashic record kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, it could be like the Akashic records where they say everything that's ever happened or will happen is stored. Um, I mean, that's what he kind of said. Everything that's ever been said is in the air. Been said. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be past, like, past, present type of stuff. But also, there was a Tom Robbins quote, and I just thought of it, or I should have looked it up, but he says, like, basically, to make sure your sound, the sounds that you make are beautiful because they will echo out and never, they will never end. Like, they'll just keep. What a beautiful I'm going to find that quote. I get butterflies in my stomach every time I think about him. I can't, I can't help it. I just think about how I actually met him. I touched his hand and he told me that I was stealing the show with my outfit. Mm. And I was like, oh, what? I know you're like as older than my grandpa, but I need you to be my boyfriend. <laughs> okay. I found the quote. Okay. I'm going to read it to you real quick because it sounds a lot like this theory that Charles Babbage had. Say it. I can't wait. I'm excited. Tom Robbins said. <laughs> Sounds travel through space long after their wave patterns have ceased to be detectable by the human ear. Some cut right through the ionosphere and barrel on out into the cosmic heartland, while others bounce around, eventually being absorbed into the vibratory fields of earthly barriers. But in neither case does the energy succumb. It goes on forever, which is why we, each of us, should take pains to make sweet notes. Oh, God. I'm going to cry. Stop it, Tom. <laughs> I love him. So, Tom, please come be on our podcast. Okay. Yeah. What, I would. No, I don't know if I could handle it. I would be like a puddle. Anyway, so it sounds like Tom Robbins was reading a little of uh, Charles Babbage's work. And then let's go a little farther in time. We'll take a little jump 
1880 at the Society of Psychical Research. Whee! There we there are. Again. I'm going to talk about, about that, too. Many of the researchers proposed ideas that a place itself could hold residual memories, sounds, feelings, and images. So they were over there talking about it in the 1880s. Oh, yeah. That's some... a lot of the time period that I'm going to be talking about because spiritualism was huge at this mm-hmm. time. So, and they just, it said that a place itself, so they weren't being super specific. I'm sure they did different experiments on different places and items, but maybe a whole valley or something. Yeah, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. That isn't very specific. Jumping ahead a little bit more, in 1938, H.H. H. Price, a professor of logic at the University of Oxford, stated that objects could carry memory traces and that if a sensitive person entered a particular place or handled certain objects they could relive the experience so he's now branching out to objects like you know how they say there can be a haunted like if you've heard of the dibbuk box oh yeah haunted Oof. dolls haunted dolls yeah on my brother and my brother and yeah. me they're always talking about they haunted dolls on ebay <laughs> so Mm-mm. why would you pay for the uh-uh Get out of here with your haunted doll. I don't need objects that are haunted in my life. I am haunted enough by just being a human, so I'm good. (laughs) The human condition. Yeah. Everybody sucks. You can't do anything to change it all. (laughs) He, uh, H.H. Price, believed in a psychic ether that exists in between the physical world and the spirit world. And he did not believe that ghosts were supernatural, but that they are actual traces of something. <laughs> yes, I'm not laughing at that. I'm not laughing at HH. Laughing? I'm laughing because when you said psychical ether, what did you just say? A psychic ether. Psychic ether between the, the physical, physical world, world and the spirit, and the spirit world. world. I just thought yeah. I'm going to start calling my farts psychic ether and one butt cheek is the spiritual world and one is the physical world it's <laughs> gonna eke out from between those things i'll be like sorry i let some psychic ether out y'all psychic ether it's gonna eke out it's eking <laughs> tell me your farts sound like sometimes yeah do you ever have those farts that sound like uh, like an old man blowing on hot soup it's just like None of this is real. A podcast about <laughs> farts. I'm so sorry. And the different ways that they sound. Ugh. Okay. In 1961, British archaeologist and parapsychologist Thomas Charles Lethbridge outlined this theory a little further. And to be clear, he I think he quit as an archaeologist and moved moved into parapsychology. I don't know if he did the same okay. things, those two things at the same time, but... Either I way, mean, it makes sense he, if he was doing it at the same time. What, what better yeah, place to totally. find a ghost when you're digging up old shit? Digging up old shit, digging, looking for a ghost. Digging. <laughs> he argued that there is an ether and a vibration around certain objects and structures that causes memory transference to the past, of uh, to human beings sensitive to those vibrations. So it sounds like he kind of just had different words for things. Yeah, there's an ether, there's a vibration like. around objects, and that causes memory transference. Okay. Okay, I just can't stop thinking about farts. Like, everything you say, I'm just, like, giggling about how it could apply to a fart. <laughs> well, how about this? He also proposed that ghosts can be attributed to invisible fields that record an image of a person. So that's the his explanation for ghosts is that it's a field that recorded an invi- a, a field, image. not necessarily a, a physical, like a stone or a structure, but a field of yeah. ether. It's like a projection, like when you project a, a video, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Sure, why okay. not? So, but sure, why not? Yeah, why not? He, so he, he, had, he was specific about the fields, though. He gave the fields Greek names, and the Greek names were naiad, which refer to fields around water bodies, Dryad, which refers to fields in the forest, Oread, mountains, and Gi, the earth itself. Okay. Which I think is really cool. I love it. So he's like, these fields around water are a particular type of psychic field that is called a naiad. Sure. 
The fields are charged with ions in the air and enhanced by additional imprints from a person's own energetic field. And this accounts for places that feel spookier than others or if they have a weird energy or if you walk into a place and it feels really heavy. So it's, it's ions, y'all. It's just ions. And he also thought that humidity enhanced the conductance of the fields because water molecules, like, make it thicker and they help recharge the fields. Oh, that's why we got so many ghosts down here in the south, y'all. That's right, in the swamps. That's why this, the swamps is just full of ghosties and ghoulies. <laughs> Oh, and then they, I also read that ghost hunters often check the weather hoping for more humid conditions, which... That is very that's... interesting. Although I'm sure yeah. there's ghosts in every climate. Are you a dry ghost or a wet ghost? I'm kind of in between there. I'm just like a moist ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just damp. I'm a damp ghoul. I didn't towel off well enough after the shower. I'm that kind of ghost. Okay. <laughs> Another term for a similar concept is psychometry, which you've mentioned in a previous episode. I, have. I know you've said this word. Yes. Where, what were we talking about? I don't know, girl. Do you expect <laughs> me to remember that? Get out. That's funny. Okay. Thank you for that. Hey, this. you never know. There's an off chance. There is. So this is when a gifted person can read impressions and memories stored in objects. So like I could hand you my underwear and you could be like, ooh. So many farts up in here. <laughs> God, okay. I think I talked about it in the um, the Claire's episodes. You probably did. I think that makes sense. I think you did, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last bit that I wrote about is that moist rocks. I'm glad we get to say the word moist um, more than once. More, more. Moist rocks seem to be the best conductors of this old energy in these theories. Um, so like dank, abandoned old buildings, forests, rivers, swamps, like we said, because of the moisture. So okay. this is like a... Water. Yeah. It's about the water like content. key factor. Okay. And Interesting. the conditions um, under which a stone tape may replay and how much it recorded or chooses to play back, chooses to play back is uh-huh. a mystery. Ooh, you know, we like those around here. I mean, it would be really cool if we could give a little more research to it, but we're trying to solve a bunch of bigger... There's um, lots of other things More we pressing should, things, yeah, but man, wouldn't pressing. it be fun... Someday when we solve all these other horrible problems that we've put ourselves in. We, I mean, by I mean humans. I didn't I do it. I want to research <laughs> the stone tape theories. So bad. Well, let's get a grant. <laughs> okay. Someone okay. give us a grant. We'll research... Somebody we'll, give us we'll some money. We'll pause the podcast. We'll record ourselves. Um, well, the whole podcast it. will just be about stone tape theory now. So what do you think? Is any of that real? Uh, well, you know, I don't really believe in ghosts. So I'll say if there is, uh, if there are ghosts, apparitions, what have you. And this theory is one of those ones where I'm like, okay. I feel like there's a scientific way to look at that and prove it or disprove it, and I like it. Mm-hmm. And also, it's great. Just It's a fun thing to think about. I really like it because it bridges the gap between us. Aww. I get to think about ghosts, and you get to think about science, and it's the same thing, but they're not, like, disproving each other. There's one's actually trying to prove the other. I like it. I like it, too. It's good stuff. Are you really enjoying None of This Is Real, you know, the podcast you're listening to, but you kind of wish you could get paid to listen to it? Well, the PodCoin app actually pays you to listen to this podcast and all your favorite podcasts because it's the podcast player that pays. You heard of it? If not, don't worry. Super easy. Just get the PodCoin app on iPhone or Android, sign up, and start listening to podcasts. You'll earn PodCoins. You'll either earn gift cards or you can donate to charity. It turns your podcast listening into actual dollars. I use the PodCoin app now to do all my podcast listening, and I love it. Go on there on your app store, your Android store, whatever store you got going on over there, and check it out. Use the invite code NOTREAL and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for signing up with the PodCoin app using the code NOTREAL. Goodbye. Hello. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Rebecca. 
and we're the hosts of the I, I Have, Have a, a Strange, Strange Story, Story podcast. podcast. We didn't do it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Listen in as we retell your personal paranormal stories. We've got Bigfoot, we've got aliens, we've got skinwalkers, and we've got movie references. Listen in every week as we retell your paranormal stories with comedy, cussing, and class. And sometimes coffee, and sometimes cats, and sometimes beer or wine, and sometimes cats and trash cans. Okay. <laughs> Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Bye. Bye. So what are you going to tell me about? I'm gonna... I want to hear about more ways ghosts can appear tonight. Well, you know, I like a, um, a good debunking and a good salacious story. So I'm going to tell you about oh, yeah. materialization, also oh, known as manifestation. And my sources are an article called Six Classic Seance Tricks Explained by Michelle Debs- Debzak. Sorry, Michelle, if I said your last name incorrectly. Real Seance Tricks for Your Halloween Party by James Leffler. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. The Haunted Museum, How to Have a Seance from AmericanHauntingsInc.com. IAPSOP.com. I don't know what that stands for. I probably should have looked. And a Pacific Standard article called The Science and the Scam of the Seance by Katie Heaney. Materializations by James Gallant on FortnightlyReview.com. K-O, nope, .co, .uk. And of course, Wikipedia. What the hell? Why are we doing this? Oh, I also want to mention real fast, so I can stop thinking about whatever that was just came out of my mouth, um, <laughs> that I did donate to Wikipedia. I, I oh, signed good. up to month to donate monthly to Wikipedia. I think it was like three or four dollars. It's not a lot, but you know, I don't have a lot of money, so <laughs> take what you can get, Wikipedia. Um, because I feel like we use it a lot. We also s- literally sing its praises in almost every episode. So, you know, if yeah. if anybody so else gets on the there as much want. as yeah, come on, just just a couple bucks. <sighs> they did not ask me to say that. I'm doing that on my own. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm talking about materialization. Or manifestation, which is the creation or appearance of matter from unknown sources. Generally, it is something done at seances by spiritualists. And I think there are some other religions even today that practice it. There's also mediums today that claim to materialize things that they say are spirits. But you know I'm skeptical, so... But so I'm going to I'm going to define spiritualism for you. It is a religious movement based on the belief that the spirits of the dead exist and have both the ability and the inclination to communicate with the living. So mine is more of a calling forth of of a sentient being as opposed to yours, which is more of a in in non-interactive non-interactive non-interactive. Okay, yeah. I'm doing the flip side of these. All right, so I'm going to give you some examples of how um, these this would happen in a seance. So tables would tip or trip or, you know, move around across the room. And sitters, which is the word for people attending a seance, you're called a sitter. Sitters would sometimes levitate. They would materialize flowers or coins, which would fall out of nowhere, just raining down onto the table balls of light would come to life and skitter about the room and sometimes instruments that they had placed in the room would play themselves uh, pencils or brushes would write messages on slate boards or unfolded paper inside of sealed envelopes and also there would be psychometric readings of the message messages inside sealed envelopes so psychometry again Phosphorescent hands would appear from behind curtains within the spirit cabinet. And I am going to talk more about spirit cabinets in a little bit. And these hands would sometimes float free among the sitters, caressing their necks or undoing young ladies' hair combs. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, gross, you creepy perv ghost. Don't touch me. I had my (laughs) hair perfect, first of all. And secondly, you can't caress my neck without my consent. No caressing. Me boo. I just thought that instead of me too. That's bad. That is bad. I'm sorry for that. 
I had to say it because I have no filter. Okay. Also, they would materialize the full body, quote unquote, full body of spirits, which would appear in pale or gauzy attire from the darkness and roam around the room where sometimes they would be recognized as the spirits of the deceased. So I'm going to get I'm going to get into the spirit cabinets. Ooh, get in that spirit cabinet. I'm getting up in there. I'm about to manifest some shit. Get it's happening, right? Get ready to I'm get excited. scared. So Woo! apparently spirit cabinets first appeared in the 1850s, but likely I I mean I would think some something like that would have existed before, but this is the first time the people in mass started having cabinets or curtains on a stage where they would go into them and say, "Okay, get ready. Spooky shit's about to happen." They're also known as manifestation cabinets. So, like I said, the medium would enter the cabinet and they would have their hands bound. They'd be tied up inside this cabinet or behind a curtain. And to gain the trust of the audience, they would say, Hey, just all you sitters, come up here, check this out, roam around in here, tie the ropes, you tie it so you know that it's really tied. And then they would sit back down, the curtain would be drawn, and the lights would come off. And hands would poke out from between the drapes. Ghostly figures materialized. And again, instruments in the room would start to play themselves. And at the end, you'd open the curtain. And there's the medium sitting there, still with their hands tied. So it's a real whodunit, obviously. <laughs> it sounds exciting. It, it does sound exciting. But I also have to think that there were a lot of people that would go to these things and be like, are you guys shitting me? You actually believe that this person isn't the one sticking their hands out of the... We just watched them go in there and sit down. <laughs> <clears throat> so here's the trick. So once you close the curtain, the medium would slip out of their bonds. And then accomp- accomplices would slip in through a trap door sometimes. And after they spirits appeared and they played their little song, then the medium would be tied up by the accomplice. Accomplice? I can't say that word correctly, but it feels weird. Accomplice. And then the curtain would open. Or sometimes, as the sitters were invited to go check him out and tie his hands up and look inside the cabinet, one of the sitters would actually be an accomplice... It's a plant. It's an audience plant. It would be a plant. And the plant would go up there and leave behind tools. And they would make sure they were the last person to view the spirit cabinet. And then they would just like drop something in the guy's lap or, you know, whatever they would use. Wigs and shit too, apparently. Too bad it wasn't a Robert plant. He's so sexual. Oh my God. He is so sexual. Squeeze my lemon. And the juice run down my leg? What? What does that mean? What is that supposed you know to mean? What that means. That's dirty okay. bird. He's a dirty bird. Don't get me started talking like my mom. That'll be the rest of the podcast. Because I secretly want to be here because she's so cool. It's true. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. You're cool. All right. So, where? what did I just say? I got distracted by Robert Plant's lemon. <laughs> you said that the accomplice would plant tools Oh, plant and the tools. Yes. In the, yeah. One medium. This was... A this is this made me laugh because this is more just this is like a theater kid that didn't that couldn't quite make it into theater. One medium who was debunked by the Society for Psychical Research was found to have wigs and makeup concealed in a false back in the chair they were tied to. Ooh. And some mediums were actually caught walking around on their knees in the dim light, pretending to be the spirits of deceased children. So, oh, that's not That's really nice. cool of you, you jerkwad. Like that uh-uh, that's messed up. Okay, so that's the spirit cabinet. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about my uh, a little bit more creepy thing that I don't believe in but still creeps me out to think about. Uh, ectoplasm. Creep me out. Ectoplasm. Ew. Ectoplasm? Oh yeah, ectoplasm. That's what I'm talking about. I just remember something years ago when Levon was a baby, Lorenzo made a joke about how he wasn't the father and i think i said <laughs> he wasn't levon's father and i said yeah it was who did i say it was like marvin gay or um sam cook or somebody i said somebody like that i said yeah that's the father um he knocked me up with his ecto <laughs> <laughs> so every Gross. time i hear the word ectoplasm that's what i think of dirty now we're Cute. now we're now we're writing ghost erotica Ghost Radica. Puck, stop. He's barking. Can I heard him. Every, every time we podcast, 
Yeah, if it's not the cat, the pitiful kitten, it's the dog. Or my dad, or the neighbors. Puck, get it together, dude. I'm trying to Come talk on. about ectoplasm. Puck! Hey, Puck! You little okay, shit. Ectogism. Yes. I know you're, I know all the turkey buzzards will be very disappointed. I'm sorry. I'm not going to talk about ectogism. I'm going to talk about ectoplasm. The first person to coin the term ectoplasm was Charles Richette, a physiologist, physiologist, who later won the Nobel Prize for work involving protein injections. So he said ectoplasm is simply meant to be a physical trace from the spirit world, usually white, but it could be pasty or slimy or thread-like. See why? See why? Life is gross. The afterlife is gross, too. Apparently, it's all gross. It's all gross down here. All right. The gauzy substance was said to be part of the supernatural veil separating the spiritual realm from the physical one. Talking about my butt cheeks. You gotta walk through all that goop to get to the spiritual world. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta get all goopy with it. All right, so the trick required near darkness or else, according to mediums, the ectoplasm would disintegrate, so it cannot be exposed to light. So once the conduit reached reached a trance-like state, various orifices would secrete the material, which might be one of the grossest things I've ever said out loud. (laughs) That's so gross. Various orifices would secrete the material. Oh, God, it's disgusting. Signaling a breach between worlds. I'm ha- my worlds have been breached by how <laughs> gross this is. Okay. The psychical researcher Gustav Gel- Geely, Geely, whatever, sorry, Gustav, defined ectoplasm as being, quote, very variable in appearance, being sometimes vaporous, sometimes a plastic paste, sometimes a bundle of fine threads or a membrane with swellings or fringes. Mm. Membrane with swellings. Why do I have to? I have to say so many nasty things. <clears throat> or a fine fabric-like tissue. That's, Arthur... that's the least bad one. Right yes, there. I'll take that one. That's fine. Arthur Conan Doyle described ectoplasm as a viscous, gelatinous substance, which appeared to differ from every known form of matter in that it could solidify and be used for material purposes. Now, I'm not sure what Arthur Conan Doyle was doing with a big old solid piece of ectoplasm, but I'm... Very grossed out by that as well. Mediums often retrieved ectoplasm handkerchiefs from hidden pockets, or they'd unleash a spirit baby, which was a stuffed blob on a stick hidden under the medium's skirt that would peek up from under the table when she activated it with her foot. What? So she, she would, they would, the medium would say, here comes a spirit baby, and they would put, kick up this stick with a stuffed blob on it, that's been hiding in their skirts. All of this is very gross. That is so weird. Yes. So spirits um, that would float around the room were created by taking small balloons and painting faces on them. So people in the Victorian era were very easily fooled, obviously. That sounds very silly. (laughs) That's not my Aunt Sally. That's a balloon with a face drawn on it. That you just let out of your skirt. Get out of here. That's why it had to be dark in the room. Exactly. Some people use an adjustable fishing rod to, like, make things float around the room. A stuffed glove was sometimes attached to the line that would make it seem like spirit hands were touching you. (laughs) I just think it's so fun to think about people in a room taking this super, super seriously and that there's also another person in the room that just has a glove on a fishing rod slapping them in the head. <laughs> it's a very fun juxtaposition for me. It's really funny. Like, how could you keep a straight face? I do not know. I do not know. I wouldn't be able to, that's for sure. I can't even say one sentence of this. these notes that I've taken without interrupting myself or laughing. All right. Get it together, Sarah. Many mediums used methods of swallowing and regurgitating cheesecloth or textile products smoothed with potato starch, sometimes paper, cloth, an egg white, or butter muslin, whatever the hell that is. Butter muslin? I don't know. Doll's heads and masks. Doll's uh, heads? Mm-hmm. Super creeps. 
Some people, or some one person was caught using a carved up piece of animal liver. I don't know what they were doing with that, but that's gross. Pins and pieces of strings, magazine clippings. These people would put this stuff like in their mouth or in their skirt or in other places and just basically pull it out and be like, it's a ghost, y'all. <laughs> one medium was caught hiding the quote unquote ectoplasm in his rectum. Yep, we knew that was coming. Yep. How it had to happen. Every, it's, somebody's always got to put something in their butt. And no judgment. Put whatever you want in your butt. Just, like, be safe. And just be safe, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, it's kind of dangerous to stick things up your butt. People yeah. end up in the hospital you for need, that. Oh, my God. Please be careful with your butt. <laughs> be careful with your butt, everyone. You only get one butt. You, well, yeah. Well, you only get one butthole. If you, you mess that thing rectum? up, you can't, you can't have a, a rectum replacement surgery. <laughs> Can you? I don't know. Not, Let's I Google don't know. it. Let's don't see. Google Let's it. look it up. Oh, God. You 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 look that up. I'll, I'm cool. Okay. <laughs> you Google rectum replacement surgery. Tell me all about it. <laughs> On the next random weirdness. <sighs> gross. Not gross. Yes, it's gross. Bye. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Um, now I'm going to tell you about a couple of my favorite mediums of the time. And I'll, um, I'll have a little bit about one lady and then a lot about another lady because I find her very interesting. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a, a woman named Mina Crandon who performed her seances nude and allegedly secreted ectoplasm from her vagina. Cute. Yeah. So she had a haunted pussy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> literally not metaphorically that shit was literal it was anyway haunted. yeah it was very haunted sorry sorry mina you did it to yourself but she was debunked by harry houdini who was actually a really liked debunking spiritualists it was like his side gig besides doing all the magic he was like i'm gonna prove that all y'all are full of shit put away your handkerchiefs and pins and pieces of string and baby doll heads butter muslin butter muslin because you're full of shit all right now i'm going to talk about martha baroud baroud martha we're just gonna call her martha b all right so martha b was caught faking paranormal activity during a seance when she was 23 years old she claimed to be able to commune with the dead shortly after her fiance died and during these sessions a spirit named Bien Boa, whom Martha claimed was a 300-year-old Brahmin Hindu, would materialize and move around the room and touch people. So, but when people took pictures of um, Boa, Bien Boa, he looked an awful lot like a cardboard cutout. <laughs> and sometimes he looked like a living man draped in fabric and wearing a fake beard. So in 1906, a newspaper printed an account of a man known as Oreski, who was working as a coachman in the city where Martha lived, and he admitted that he had been hired to play Bienboa. So mm. she admitted to faking the whole thing. And then she changed her name to Eva. So, and this is Eva Carrier, or Eva C., uh, traveled to Munich and started holding seances again immediately because she's just, you know, can't stop Eva, Martha. Because back then it was easier to just go by a different name and go yeah. somewhere else. Sometimes I feel like that would be fun, but there was also a lot of not fun at all shit happening back then. So I'm good. Right. True. So but this time, instead of extruding ghostly goo through her mouth, nose and ears, she put Muslim or fabric in there and this time added faces from newspaper so this is what eventually led people to being like yeah no because the faces that she used were of an actress a famous actress king ferdinand of bulgaria and woodrow wilson who were <laughs> totally not dead yet at the time so they were like barfing up all these live people uh, why'd you just barf up woodrow wilson i don't believe this at all that's just a piece of butter muslin with Woodrow Wilson's face on it. <laughs> and now I have some quotes from people of the time and their thoughts on materialization. 
So Charles Richet, Richet, which I spoke of earlier, he won the Nobel Prize for physiology, actually. And he kind of took this stuff seriously. He studied it and believed that it was real. And he stated, I shall not waste time in stating the absurdities, almost the impossibilities, from a psychophysiological point of view of this phenomenon. A living being or living matter formed under our eyes, which has its proper warmth, apparently a circulation of blood, and a physiological respiration, which has also a will distinct from the will of the median, medium. In a word, a new human being. So he's all about it. He believed it. He saw yeah. it. He seen it. He believed it. He described a liquid or pasty jelly coming from the mouth or breast of the median. Medium. I keep saying median for some reason. It's a thing on the side of the road <laughs> where you're in the middle of the road. Just yes. Just or median income. I don't know what I'm thinking on. of. He described seeing a liquid or pasty jelly coming from the mouth or breast of the medium, Martha B. Under very good conditions of visibility, he wrote, I have seen this paste spread on my knee and slowly take form so as to show the rudiment of the radius, the cubitus, or metacarpal bone whose increasing pressure I could feel on my knee. What? I don't know. A bone was on his knee? That's all I got. A cubitus. What is that? I have no idea. I don't either. I, but so I'm, he believed it still. He definitely believed it. Okay. He once saw, emanating from a different medium's mouth, a rod of ectoplasm with a hand at the end of it. And he called it a living hand, warm and jointed, absolutely like a human hand that would be so creepy to see if you really why, believed that yeah see why no. how uh, why this creeps me out so bad even though i'm like obviously this is a bunch of parlor tricks but still super creeps um a biographer of the victorian medium william eglinton eglinton john s farmer described one of his subjects materializations his breathing became increasingly labored and deep then, standing in full view, by a quick movement of his fingers, he gently drew forth, apparently from under his morning coat, a dingy, white-looking substance. Okay, sorry, that sounds to me like your boy just jizzed in his hand and went, hey look at this nasty I did! <laughs> right? He's like, look, he just pulls his hand out from under his coat, and it's full That's... of a dingy, white-looking substance. No! This dude was just like a major perv who wanted people to watch him jacket under his jacket. And he was like, it's a ghost, look. Look yeah. at this ghosty ghost that came out of my penis. <laughs> That's so nasty, why? I'm so sorry. Okay, so the stuff, the stuff they're calling it here. The stuff slipped down Eglinton's left pant leg to the ground. He squeezed his lemon too hard. Ah! The juice ran the down juice his leg. ran down his leg to the ground where it expanded and quote commenced to pulsate, move up and down and sway from side to side before rising up into a vertical form. It commenced to pulsate. That see no it did not. Uh, apparently it did. So then Egli Eglinton parted the ectoplasm to reveal the bearded face of a materialized figure taller than himself. I don't know what that okay. means. I'm, it's all wow. gross. It formed into a person. That's how babies are made. It's it. This the homunculus idea, you know, that sperm were just tiny humans and they just needed to go into a woman's body and that's what grew into a baby. Oh. Yeah, a, probably the same belief existed around this time. The 1800s. They thought a lot of dumb shit back then. Hey, still do. Cool. Anyway. I have a quote from Statesville, North Carolina. Oh, that's right down the road. That's right down the road. Um, November 25th, 1886. A new sort of medium has appeared here in the spiritualist world. This one claims to be the reincarnation of the dead, asserting that while in a a trance state she for the medium is a woman is possessed of the spirit of the dear departed accordingly she proceeds to act as the dead would if alive which is usually in quite an affectionate manner towards near relatives 
While the audience is sitting expectantly before the mysterious cabinet, the medium, clad in a loose robe, comes forth like one walking in sleep and begins demonstrations of affection, which she claims are entirely unconscious on her part, being utterly forgotten on her recovery from the trance. There is likely to be scandal in the spiritualistic circles. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an excuse to go, go be freaky. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I got a haunted pussy. I can't help what it does. <laughs> I can't control it. Okay, and I've written here in my notes, and of course there has to be some kind of ugly ism in what we talk about, you know, like sexism, racism, some kind of yeah. hateful bullshit. Except for globsters, because I wrote they're all inclusive. <laughs> globsters are all inclusive. Yeah, there's nothing there. This is all good things. Anyone can be a glob. God, I can't wait to be a glob. All right. I'm going to be a glob after we're done with this. Mm-hmm. So, here's where it gets a little sexist. Many cabinet seances, as well as their exposures, had a strong sexual undertone. Accounts read like a Victorian romance novel. Young women mediums flim-flamming old widowers and ruining them by taking their money as well as their reputations. Young men defending the materialized spirit forms from being exposed by having their gauzy robes snatched from them, revealing the voluptuous forms of the medium for the audience to gaze on. The contemporary readers of accounts of exposures apparently assumed that women mediums, if revealed to be deceivers, were also fast in their sexual behavior. Hmm. So it was like this weird pent-up Victorian sexual bullshit because everything was totally pent up back then. And yeah, this is a way for it to sort of manifest. And then of course, if you if you were if you lied about ectoplasm coming out of your mouth, you're obviously a slut bag and it should be treated thusly. You were just trying to make a few dollars. Nope. Can't be that. You a nasty I mean, I don't hoe. really fault these people very much because it's entertainment. They're just in the entertainment industry and Yeah, I would go to a séance today just to see yeah. this stuff happen, but I guess it it, yeah. it would be more of a historical experience. I don't know. So I have one last little thing here, which is a, a little science turd, a little poop, poop a little study on ya. Okay, poop a study. So, in a study published in the British Journal of Psychology in 2003, three researchers got a group of participants together who before the experiment, were asked whether they were believers or disbelievers in the paranormal. They were split up into groups and made to sit through fake seances in a pitch black room. So in the room, there was a table with um, objects on it that had been painted with luminous paint. So they would glow in the dark. And the, the researchers hid in the dark and poked the things on the table with sticks to make them move. <laughs> Um, and then ask them questions afterwards. That's really all they did. <laughs> and this, keep in mind, this is 2003. 16% of the participants believed that something paranormal had occurred. Although most of, and most of that group were previously identified as believers, which makes sense. But not all of them. Some, some of the disbelievers thought something paranormal was happening. Oh, wow. And then this is my favorite. Roughly 20% of the participants, 30% believers... And 8% of the disbelievers reported experiencing additional unusual phenomena during the faked seances beyond anything that the uh, researchers were doing. They just were poking shit with a stick. They, that's all they did. And these people thought, they, they reported that they felt as though they had entered an unusual psychological state. They hmm. felt cold shivers, sensed a presence, and noticed weird smells. Ghost farts. Which sounds to me like, you know, you're just super... When you take away one sense, like it's totally dark in there, then, you know, the smells and the all the other stuff would just be your other senses compensating for the fact that you can't see shit. Yeah. And you're just noticing a smell that you didn't notice before. Probably. But still very interesting to me. The human brain. Other spooky shit was going on. Okay. So what do you think? Is any of that real? Um, I do not think people can barf up ghosts. Um, I mean, that's a demon if it is. And then I I think they were just entertaining people. Like, yeah, entertainment's real. It's fun. Entertainment's real. I mean, I do believe that you could contact the dead, maybe, possibly. I think there's room for me to believe that, but okay. I don't think these people are really doing it. <laughs> 
No. I would have to agree with you. I just really like ectoplasm and stone tape theory. I think it's very interesting. It's fun. Yeah. Fun to think ectoplasm. about. Ectoplasm. Sure. Oh my gosh. I'm ectoplasm so gross. I'm is. So sorry. I love it because it's gross. It's funny and gross. Mm hmm. I didn't mean to get gross so close to the last episode, which is pretty gross. You glo- globsters, ectoplasm. You just like non solid, like, like goopy, goopy matter. Gross stuff. God, I'm disgusting. Well, thank you for telling me about all that nasty stuff. Oh, you're so welcome. I will talk about nasty stuff with you till the end of time. I hope so. Do we have anything anything to talk about? We do. Anything to ask the Magic 8 Ball? Well, I do have a message. Do you want me to go? I have to go get my Magic 8 Ball. Oh, yeah. No, no. I forgot about the message. Read the message. Is it from beyond? Did you barf it up? I barfed up this message from the great beyond. In I fact, farted it's from. I was gonna say farted. I farted out some psychic ether. It eked out from between the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Okay, so I have some. I have some messages from Patricia, and I. Oh, Patricia, we love you so. Message time from Patricia. So I have a message from Patricia via Facebook, and she said, well, I cannot say that I have bathed in the blood of virgins, like the blood countess, although there is that time of the month, and we were all virgins at one point, and sometimes <laughs> you don't know it's coming till you're already in the bath, so. Patricia, you are so right about all of those things. And she also says, I do, however, pretend I am bathing or showering in the blood of my enemies when I refresh the purple dye in my hair. It looks very violent as I wash out the dye. LOL. <laughs> I love it. You're like simultaneously the most precious and also most badass person, Patricia. And just a little creepy. Just the way we like them. Precious, just, creepy, and badass. <laughs> that's right. Just like me. That's how I see myself Aww. when I look in the mirror. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah we thanks. talked about, if you haven't listened to it, we talked about the blood countess elizabeth bathory yeah i think we got uh, we got all fired up on that episode about oh yeah we did for a second Mm -hmm. about uh feminism i don't have any questions for the magic eight ball it's in the other room that's fine Um, we could just say that if you have a story like patricia just told us short and sweet that's fine as long as you want you got some wisdom did uh did you squirt a ghost out of some orifice of your body did you sneeze out a ghost one day (laughs) Did a ghost come Oops. out on the end of your Q-tip? <laughs> oh, my God. A little. That actually, Aww. when you said that, I pictured a really cute little ghost. A little tiny ghost on your Q-tip. Tell us all like about it. Yeah. Email us at noneofthisisrealpodcast at gmail.com if you have anything you want to tell us about. You can slide into our DMs on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's a Facebook group for y'all and... Talk to each other. Make friends. Yeah. Make friends. Talk amongst yourselves. And I guess the only other thing I want to remind you is that you do not have to believe in any of this. You really, you really shouldn't. But you do have to believe on yourself. Please believe all over yourself. We believe on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bye. Yeah. Goodbye. Lindsay, what is something that scares you? I would have to say waking up one day and regret being an overwhelming emotion that I'm feeling and also irrational home invasion. 